What's up everyone? Welcome to Monday's show. Today we are talking about the dangers of training with poor technique. This is something that we deal with a lot at Unity Gym. We get people coming in to the gym that, you know, talk about being able to do 10 pull-ups or body weight and a half squats and they're just not ready for it. What's up everyone? Around the table we got Rad, Phil and myself, Yanni Bullmeister, if we haven't met. Behind the camera we got Richie. We are Unity Gym and the Unify Movement System where we teach driven people to become strong, flexible, and athletic. How is everyone this fine Monday morning? Great. Yeah, doing good. Yeah. Doing good. Happy Monday. Man, a bit sad that my Physio Monday is being derailed once again, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, this is, this is a, I mean, it, it is, is quite relevant. Fizzy, so no, fizzy, I think it is. Physio Monday topic. We can answer that's injury okay. questions today. No, no. Yeah, no. It's a really, really great topic. I, I, I'm totally on board, but yeah. for all those Physio Monday lovers out there, I know the, the fans are... <laughs> You know, well, this is a seat. this is a this is like almost like a, a prehab Monday. This yeah, one, isn't it? Totally. Because you know, it's one of the biggest causes of injury is that people people tried to build strength in with poor before focusing on quality of movement. With a poor before, foundation, yeah, yeah, with a poor foundation, yeah. and so you get strong at doing the wrong thing, and it, it doesn't. I mean, like squats are a good example. Deadlifts, you know, people just yeah. And it's not only prehab. A lot like most of the time when people come and see me in person, what we look at is you know how they're doing the movements and as much as possible I'm always trying to keep people doing you know the kind of training that they love which generally is you know the interesting stuff we do in the gym rather than you kind of lie on the floor and activate your whatever's well, this is so and often just a, a, a small technique you can really make people feel better while they're doing the movement and this is exactly why I wanted to do this show we had a conversation on Friday that uh, that really ignited a light globe for me which was you know that you you spend the majority of your time in a physio con consultation very differently to what most physio consults are remembered um, or, or framed like, which is usually you lay down on a bed and they fumble around and doing little manipulations and things like that on your body to, to realign your body. And, and I just love um, the direction that you've taken your physio in, in general once you have a, 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 a consultation and, and get a history from the person. You're out on the gym floor and you're correcting their technique and giving them actionable, executionable th steps that that sort of solve so many problems and and just to be clear i'm not doing anything rogue here like that is what is taught now the biopsychosocial yeah. approach to healthcare which is that very much the 100 the goal has to be to like keep the person able to do things and give the power to the patient but the way that the incentives work in healthcare often is just skews treatment towards disempowering patients to and and kind of convincing them to come back for things because that makes money. So yeah, I'm that's, just, that, that's yeah, exactly I'm just trying right. to do exactly what I'm taught. <laughs> now, uh, there's the, uh, the, the other, um, I'm just trying to find it. Uh, who was it that went and had the, the screening, the body screening? Yes, Jada. Jada, so, Jada last week, you know, uh, and what's the- Kinesiology. Kinesiolo yeah, kinesiology screening, you know, and, that, and they were like, oh, well, there's not much you can do. And she, she wrote a comment uh, on, on the weekend, which I've answered, which was, you know, here's the um, feedback that I got, which was a, a, a screen of her entire body and everything is pretty much good, except there was one little area of the glute that was red. So it had like red, orange, like red, yellow and, and green, green yeah. too, and gave percentages for each of the body parts, which I'd be, I, I did mean to ask Jada, what, 
what did they do? Was it an external like scan or was it movement testing? I think they do movement testing. I've yeah. I've been to I've been to an, a kinesiologist once before because I got talked into it by my father who went and was just raving about it and thought, oh my god, you've got to align yourself with these people and and they did a whole bunch a series of like um, um, resistance tests with, sure. with different um, li with your limbs and and movements and things like that to see how your body was moving and and. Um, uh, I don't want to sit here and, 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 and bag out any, any, any practitioners or anything, so I'm not going to go there. Um, but oh, I'll do it for you. But um, <laughs> the, the, the feedback she got was that everything was functioning really well, but there was an area of limitation or weakness, which first and foremost, I want to point out that, and she was saying, what can I do to fix that spot? You know, and, and I, my answer was nothing. Ignore it because you're doing exactly what you should be doing. You're doing really great unilateral exercises that are going to help balance your body. And if you just keep going in the direction you're going, it's going to it'll usually sort itself out, you know. And uh, and she said, yeah, that's kind of what they said. They said, there's not really any feedback we can give you. You, you, you tested better than most people, you know. Now, yeah, by it nature. It amazes me that like, you know, but then you get a chart and numbers and like a red color and set like the word used was severe, severe in the report yeah. and it's just amazing how that like she's had such an amazing result from you know everything she's been doing and then that becomes the thing that you end up yeah. getting focused on you, and it's, you get I just hate that like yeah yeah, that's, that, yeah. that's it and yeah. look I'll be I'll be completely transparent here all assessments like even our UMS um um uh, structural balance blueprint it's an assessment that's designed by nature to find a fault and then give you, but the thing is we give you a feedback where, okay, that's your, out of everything you tested, that's the area you're going to, of greatest opportunity or potential to strengthen. So do that movement in the next program and you're going to get better, you know. Um, these things I dislike because what they're designed to do is fault you without giving you any, uh, so my theory is if you're going to assess someone, you better have a fucking good way of telling them how to fix that problem. And it shouldn't be you got to come back and have another treatment over and over and over again. It should be here's exactly what you need to do to go and, 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 and so I got my wrist slapped many years ago by one of my mentors for over assessing people. And he said, well, what do you do once you get all that uh, data? Oh, I give them a report. And he said, and then what? You know, like, what's the point of giving someone a report that makes them feel like disempowered and, 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 and crap? So anyway, not um, having a, a dig at the, their assessment. I don't know what their procedures are following up on the report. But um, by nature, these types of assessments are designed to fault you. And, and, and you don't want, you want to be really careful how much you buy into them. Because, you know, you, you um, if they're not giving you a, a really easy, practical, actionable solution, then their solution is come back and see us again and we'll retest you or, or, or we'll give you some of this treatment or that treatment or whatever else. And, it's yeah. just, and that's, that's what physio dislikes about, that's what um, Phil dislikes about the, these industries and, and that's what we all sort of dislike about them. But anyway, that's not the reason why I brought it up. The reason why I brought it up is because I love the new approach, which is get out on the gym floor, assess movement, and the, 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 the fix, the solution is just usually a few cues. It's a few simple cues to get your form and technique sorted out. And guess what usually happens? You just continue doing the exercises and the problems well, go away. That's, that's step two. The first is to have a look at their large training program. So you're going to look at like um, macro and micro loading again. So macro loading is all the stuff we've talked about before with programming principles because that's often when people screw up. Yep. People who come, like people who are part of the gym, it's usually technique stuff because macro loading is sorted. You just do what you're told and that gives you a perfect sort of split between the different muscle groups. Um, but 
it's the micro loading that yeah is is much harder, especially in a group training situation where you've got so many people and and different skill levels. It often is just like a and what I mean by micro loading, it is like when you're doing a ex, an exercise, depending on how you do that exercise, will preference like will use certain body parts more than others so a good example of this is with a squat if your knees travel forward over your toes more it's going to be more of your quads if your um, back uh, weight onto your heels and your hips going back it's going to be more of your glutes and hamstrings so that's a way you can see how the the loading has changed it's still a squat so you like but it's now more quad or more um, hamstring and glute dominant so that's just an idea of what micro loading is and so that becomes like the kind of next level down so once you've done the macro loading of programming principles then it's like okay what's happening so, here? so just very quickly for everyone playing at home macro loading is how many sets you do how many reps you do how many times you come to the gym how yes. many times you repeat the same body parts in a week in a month like yeah. all of that sort of program purization stuff that we're talking about all the time how much weight or load yeah, yeah. how much you allow your body to go to failure or overload the body all of that sort of stuff yeah once you've got all that dialed in now we're looking at where's the load distributed in your body based on your anatomy your length tension which is strength and flexibility all of those little things and this is like i can't stress this enough i cannot stress this enough you, you you know you most people are told oh don't exercise don't do this don't do that movement oh god don't squat squats are heavy, very dangerous don't deadlift for god's sake deadlifts are awful you know mm. but it's really <laughs> it's really more about that micro loading principle and, um, and both the macro and micro loading pr principle, you know, and, and the, the, as what Jada got told on the weekend by myself and I think her um, um, uh, physical therapists is just keep doing what you're doing. It's doing a fantastic job. Don't get hung up on that little red spot, you know, just learn to do the movements properly and the body is an amazingly impressive thing and it will distribute the load how, how it needs to. Yeah, but that's Jada and that's Jada who's been working with us for months now and who's been watching videos and getting cued on how to do things the right way. If you go to the other end of the spectrum, often that's not the solution. Like there was a guy that came into the gym this morning and he's been doing CrossFit for long enough that when I showed him the workout, uh, today's workout, a bent arm strength vertical push pull. And so he, he was doing a dumbbell shoulder press and pull ups and I showed him how to um, manage his load on pull-ups and he got straight up on the rings and started doing bodyweight pull-ups and he was doing sets of eight but he didn't do one single rep where he could depress his scapula he had no yep. awareness of it at all and when I started explaining to him how um, important that is to develop that and it, the dangers of not doing it he got the very 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 typical CrossFit CrossFitters look on his face which is a well I'm not I'm not regressing I'm not regressing my move I can do muscle ups and wads and he started telling me about like when do I start doing muscle ups and you know I, I normally do handstand push-ups in my workout when should I do that and like that's something that we see so so often from people that have gone to um, a competitive mindset style of group training where they train with a lot of people in a competitive sort of a way and they haven't ever really had movements like especially upper body shoulder movements where scapular control is a part of it they've never had it stripped back to the basics and been explained the critical importance of developing the right movement sequencing and you know if we talk about the pull-up because we, we have had a lot of people ask questions about pull-ups since we launched the pull-up masterclass on friday um you know and why do that you know we've even had people starting to post 
videos of their pull-ups now saying, hey, we, there's a lot of talk of pull-ups, can I have a look at them? And there was this dude that just posted his pull-up in the Movement Mastermind that's been doing the Foundations program, and it, it looked amazing. He had such good scapular control. He was asking if it was a good pull-up or not. But um, yeah, if you don't get this stuff right, and then you go into a competitive mindset with your training, where your reasons for training are to try to match the amount of pull-ups that the person next to you is doing, rather than thinking about what's the best thing that I need to be focusing on, um, that's dangerous because you, not only do you develop a bad movement pattern, but you develop this ego, which I saw this morning, which is this, this, this challenge of, well, no, I'm not regressing my movement. You know, I can do eight pull-ups. Why yeah. would I regress it? And you're like, oh man. Um, yeah, why would you not do it? Because you can, well, you can really yeah, overload what, your body. That's I mean, what I want to dive deep into today. So let's talk about why. We'll talk about James then. Talk about our experience, your experience yeah. with James. You know, yeah. James is an ex-member of ours who he trained with me at Fitness First so over seven years ago. And he is one of the fittest, strongest, most competitive people you'll ever meet. He, um, he placed in the top eight or something in the Spartan race in Sydney, which He's the... Looking. He either won it or came second two yeah, years in a row. Yeah, mate. two years. Okay, yeah. so he uh, so he came in the in the he got a podium place. He's a, he was in a the Spartan. very competitive. What are those races called? Um, they're, they're, they're like the um, Tough Mudder. It's like that type yeah, of but thing, that if can, you know that. that whole group of, of, of their different courses yeah. or different obstacle challenges. Obstacle courses. Obstacle yeah, course I think they're obstacle styles. course races. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, and they're, they're, thousands, they're thousands <laughs> of people that go in them. So to get, yeah. and they're competitive people oh, that go yeah. in them. Yeah, yeah. The so people get, that come in the top 100 are usually pretty fit. Yeah, yeah. so to get to get a podium place, to get first, second or third, you are like at, a, at yeah. an elite level. He also competed at an elite level in CrossFit for four years. Yeah. He was very competitive in yep. CrossFit. Yep. But when he, when he trained with us, immediately we uncover these imbalances in his body. Like he start, we get him to start doing some, some movements that he immediately starts going, oh man, I get a lot of well, shoulder let's pain when just I do frame that, it I get properly. a lot of this. He had to quit CrossFit because he experienced a, a, quite a, an extreme case of forearm tendinopathy, golfer's elbow and uh which is the medial epicondyle um inflammation and he not inflammation. what's that not inflammation, not inflammation sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh whatever it is whatever it is yeah, tendinopathy <laughs> and so he um he had to unfortunately he got to a point where he couldn't even hold on to a bar so he couldn't do uh, kipping pull-ups butterfly pull-ups anything like that which w once you get to that point you're kind of out of being able to compete in crossfit you know yeah. and and when he came to us he was fearful of you know we do a lot of hanging we do a lot of bar um, decompression work we do a lot of we do a lot of pull-ups you know and he was quite fearful of that you know and so i referred him to a, a colleague of mine who is a fairly smart guy uh, one of my mentors um tony Bataji, and he was getting uh i just wanted someone to look at him who i trusted uh who could give me some feedback on programming principles for him and he treated him with a little bit of ART and he identified that he had really just over his his life of uh, competing in CrossFit he had developed a, a pretty lazy technique in doing pull-ups because they do kipping um, and and so you don't have to initiate the movement in the shoulder when you when you're doing a, a CrossFit style pull-up you initiate the the movement in your feet basically in the, in the rest of your body you know and mm. and what had sort of happened was that he had started to really overload his forearms because he lost that synergy in the shoulder and the elbow joint which we talked about a little bit last week uh, and Tony sort of put it quite bluntly he said 
you know, you got to understand the forearms are, are overloaded heavily in just everyday life. In, in, in going to the gym, even on a leg day, you're loading the bar with your hands. You're gripping, you're lifting up uh, weight plates. You're constantly um, using your gripping muscles. And um, deadlifts as well. Like deadlifts, massive, yeah. everything, you know. And in James's case, um, uh, doing adventure races, he thought that that was going to be something that would give him some um, rest from the, the overload of the CrossFit, you know. But he's still... Uh, carrying his weight on monkey bars, climbing up ropes, all this sort of stuff, you know, which was still really problematic. And so um, rather than, you know, uh, Tony did quite a lot of uh, ART uh, on the forearms, elbows, triceps, but he said, look, the thing that's going to solve his problem the most is to relearn how to do pull-ups, relearn how to control his scapula properly, get some movement in there, get that strength up, uh, get his bench press more solid with, a, with his scapula set, all those little things that we teach in our foundations program. And guess what? it fixed his problem, mm. you know? Yeah. Uh, and so... And so, yeah, just an example of that with... with so when you think about f forearm tendinopathy, we talked about it so much on this show over the last year, um, but it is a, a loading issue. So basically with tendinopathy, it's all about trying to get the right amount of load to then um, build up the capacity in that structure. So, like, if you're already doing smart training principles, so you've got, like, you know, the right kind of mm -hmm. spread out between days, like it could just be that you change the technique a little bit to make it more of a shoulder dominant movement, take a little bit off the elbow flexes and, and a bit off the forearms. And even though you've not changed the amount of times you're training through the week or your sets and reps, now because of that micro loading, that's changed the total loading for your forearms and that can be enough just to get you aligned. So that's why it is so important to un like understand all the different ways in which mm. like load is expressed on a system. Um, Rich, and Richie, sorry, just yep. before you go on, mm -hmm. um, can you um, scroll down the UMS Movement Mastermind to September 19th, Stephen Pellegrino, yep. and just get ready to bring that video up so we can show people what we're talking about with the pull-up? Because it is yeah, a good, yeah. it is, is a nice example yeah, of initiating the movement with scapular depression yep. and good scapular control and then you keep going red yeah well i mean so you know there's the injury side of it which is a really important thing that you need to be aware of and then there's also the where do you want to go with your training kind of a thing and every every movement if it's done properly like when you follow a progressive um program like the ums where we have progressions where you you know you work on this progression and then you work on that progression then you work on that progression and if you're not ready for that or if it's starting to overload you you just regress a little bit Everything builds on itself. There's no, there is no, like it's, there's nothing that's isolated that's on its own. Like, so if you don't really nail this, like the scapular control in a pull-up, then a muscle-up is going to be very, very hard for you to learn. And it will be, it, that, that's when you're gonna even put more load into the forearms. And when, but you get, the, but like even people that are conditioned well, when they go to doing muscle-ups, we get the first thing people say is after a week or two is, man, I'm really feeling it in my forearms. And you're like, yeah, you, you, you've got to watch that. You've got to manage yeah. the load and you've got to, you, you, you don't stop. It's, the answer is not, no, let's just stop and not do it. But, um, you know, if you haven't learned how to control your scapula properly, then that, those risks are just exponentially increased. Can, sorry, have you, you finished? No? Keep going. Yeah, Keep going. I, I, I just want to point out <laughs> something that's really important because I don't want people today to feel like we're having a dig at CrossFitters. But I, I want to point out the, 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 the problem I have with things like CrossFit or, or CrossFit in general, which is that CrossFit brought uh, a level of competition into everyday training. And I want to say, uh, I want to make it absolutely clear, when you compete in a competition, I, I've competed in boxing, rugby league and soccer at quite high levels, uh, 
competition by nature can get messy. You push to the limit and you usually sacrifice a lot to win. You sacrifice whatever it takes to win. And often that means you sacrifice a bit of perfect form and technique, you know. But you don't do that when you train. When you train, you dial in everything and, and, and training should be done perfectly. Training should be a, re a repetitious version of what your competition would look like in a perfect environment. So that when you go and compete, if you go outside of those parameters, it's okay. Your body is so dialed in that usually it will be minim minim minimalized how much you stuff the form and technique up. But if you do stuff it up a bit, it's not going to hurt you most likely or you're less likely to hurt yourself. The problem with CrossFit is that it brought that competition into everyday training for a lot of people. And a lot of people got it a, a little bit... Um, confused I think because a lot of the elite level crossfitters they don't train the way they compete they train under methodical <laughs> environments where they've got proper loading variables controlled they're, they're, it looks very different you know in in, in my understanding it, it is very different to the competition the competition is one thing their training regime every day is is different you know and this is where I uh, had a real problem with CrossFit when it first law when it first got popular. The popular thing was the competition, and then a lot of CrossFit boxers and 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 coaches that didn't really understand what they were doing could go out and get certified in CrossFit and then teach the competition, which is the fun, energetic thing on a daily basis to people. And when you do that sloppy shit every day, you end up with, you know, really messing yourself up, you know. But when you watch a, an NFL team play, I mean, NFL is probably a bad example because they're so methodical about their plays and getting things right that their, their game day actually quite looks quite, quite methodically like their training. Rugby league, boxing, any competition, your, your your competition day doesn't look like your training day, you know? It's very, very different. And you go outside of the realms of, you know, powerlifting is another good example. In powerlifting, you know, they, they, don't tr they don't max out every day that they train, you know? It's very rare that powerlifters do one RMs, you know? Anyway. Yeah. yeah. The, the top guys, you know, yeah. they're not always doing one RMs. They're not yeah. always testing their one RM. They, they only do that in competition, you know? And so to Olympic lifters and weight, you know, like it's, it's, it's much more methodical. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to point that out. Like you got to, when you got guys like um, who you had come into the gym today and w uh, when we, when we talk about this uh, elite level of competition versus training, there's a very big difference and you got to treat it differently. And that's why we're so methodical about getting these little things right when you're training. Cause if you do it day in, day out incorrectly, you run into some serious problems yeah. and that's what most people are dealing with, you know? And, you know, one of the, I honestly believe I'm going to say this again. I, I said it earlier in the show, but I think one of the biggest dangers that people have is um, the development of the ego and the inability to um, eat the humble pie and to have the beginner mindset. Um, and w when you when you don't have that beginner mindset, when you think that you are too good for certain things, and you get given the answer to what it is that is going to give you the biggest leap forward with your training. For a lot of people, it's too much because they perceive it as a regression. They perceive it as, the, or they, they don't perceive it as a regression. It is a regression, what I'm about to say, but they perceive that as going backwards rather than going forwards. Mm -hmm. And they think, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going backwards. And when it comes to something like the pull-up, because um, at, when you have poor scapular control, in my experience, it's more often a neuromuscular um, issue than a lack of strength issue. Like it's more often 
the inability to just control the movement properly so you know the brain isn't isn't sending the right signals to control the muscles to create that good scapular depression and retraction rather than a lack of strength and the solution for that is to reduce the load often for people to uh, pull up where they're putting their feet on the ground and you can get somebody that can that can do 10 pull-ups but can't depress their scapula put their feet on the ground show them how to do it and they'll do it yeah. because it's the reduction in load and they can start to think about it and control it properly and um, and if you don't go through that, if you don't go through that process, even if you've been training for five or 10 years and you don't have a good chest to bar, and, and it's really easy to tell if you've got a good pull up or not, film yourself. And let's, um, do you wanna bring this video I, up now? Let's just before yeah. we do, like, I really just think that your point was so wonderful and, and, and ego is such an important thing. But um, I think we just gotta remember as well that like we're working with humans and like humans are very driven by okay. competition and like kind of testing yourself against yourself or testing yourself against others. So I can totally like r relate to that person who wants to come in and really oh, push man. themselves. But yeah, I think your point about like, you've got to make training controlled so that when you have your chance to kind of express your athleticism in whatever way that is, whether it's a, you know, a individual kind of thing against yourself or a team sport that, um, against other people that you have that kind of redundancy and built that you have like leeway and you can really, you know, go go for it and so i think it's just so important to like understand that because people i think fall out of love with training when they go too hard and they're everything controlled and they never get to express that yeah 100%. and that's for me why i love like keeping team sports in there i love like yeah, beach volleyball is, that's what i was like, rock say. climbing and surfing like i just yep. want to express what i'm you know when i'm so controlled in the gym like i just want to go out and beat someone or beat myself that's like. what i wanted <laughs> to bring up that's what i wanted to bring up um which was the point you made la i think last week on the show how um, much you recommend if people are training to have a way of expressing what they're training for, you know? So take up a sport, take up a hobby on the weekend, rock climbing, surfing, whatever it is that you can show off a little bit in, yeah. that, you can, that you can have that experience, you know? Because the gym is not really, or if, if you just want a gym, do a powerlifting comp yeah. or something like that where you can train for it or, or, or the, enter or, CrossFit. Or, 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 or start trying to learn calisthenics in my like yeah. what I like to do because yeah. I mean my training has evolved so much over the last couple of years since the development of the UMS and especially since I got this slap tear um, it really just reminded me of the importance of just raw strength training and so when I train now it, it's right now at least at the moment it's predominantly weightlifting I'm doing very little yeah. calisthenics but when I express myself when I want to see how I'm going it, it's through calisthenics that I That's test how myself we and that I yeah. express myself yeah. so yeah whereas for Phil Phil goes out plays volleyball, you know, goes surfing, things like that. Well, so that, that's exactly right. That's what calisthenics is for the, the unified group is yep. is our way of showing off. Yep. You know? But we don't that's train right. every day like that, you no. know. And it's, it's, yep. it's funny that people that come here go, oh, I thought there was going to be a lot more calisthenics in the everyday workout. And we're like, well, you're not ready for that yet. Like that's, mm -hmm. you're not ready to show off yet. You know, mm -hmm. let's build some strength. Let's get yep. some flexibility first because none of those movements are going to be um, anywhere near um, possible for your body at this stage, you know. I'm. Uh, you keep talking. I'm getting a picture that I want to send Richard to bring up on well, the screen. Well, let's just quickly bring up this video from Stephen. Have you got that? Uh, uh, are you able to do that, Richie? Yeah. This yep. this this is an amazing. So example. just wait a sec, Rad. I just want to show. I just want to uh, um, show you guys what we're talking about. Now we. This is just by sheer coincidence. Stephen's put this up because it's one of the people that has asked us how how is my pull up looking because the program we launched last week is a, is a beginner level uh, pull-up program. It's designed to teach you this sort of scapular control, but also condition the other joints in the body a little bit and, and, and get you doing a good form pull-up. You wanna bring that up? Yep, 
So this is um, this is an example of a good pull-up. Now you can easily test yourself whether you've got a good pull-up if by filming yourself like this from behind. Now have a look at if you if I we watch we it again. It. Yeah, we, we missed, missed it. That, just Richie. restart it. Watch the scapular control. Watch his shoulder blades depress at the start of the movement. Now fully locked elbows. Fully locked elbows. So a dead hang, and then you can see the scapula depresses, and then he pulls all the way up. Now this is how to test if you've got a good pull-up or not. See how his chest is touching the bar there. He's pulling that. He's pulling his chest right to the bar with scapular depression. Now, if you can't do that, that's not a good pull-up yet. Yeah. You, you might have an, you might be able to do a chin-up, you might be able to get your chin above the bar, but that's what we call a good pull-up. So that's an example of testing, uh, you know, figuring out whether or not you can do this stuff and whether or not you you, you maybe do need to, to regress the movement and learn how to control your shoulders a little bit better. Um, you might find that someone watching on a telephone or something won't be able to see that very well, Richie, because it'll be very small. Yeah, we'll have to work out how to. Uh, Richard's still. Richard's doing a wonderful job at still learning how to use this software, but that's that's oh, totally fine. I want yeah. other things to pop up that aren't, aren't out of my control. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, Richie, can you bring up the picture if you scroll down? Um, it's all, it's uh, one of the one of the more recent posts of Erica doing that um, back lever. Um, so I know that I did it over, uh, on Saturday. I posted it. So. I'm just loading up the page just to have a look. I just want to the picture, yeah. The picture, just bring it up on the screen if you can, uh, make it as big as possible. But let me know when it's up there because I've got my delay here. But if you have a look at this, we talk about expressing strength versus the way that you train. Erica does has never once trained. She she trains in my classes, so I'm her instructor. She has never once trained a back lever with me ever, not once. It's not something that we do in the class, but we work on the raw strength to get you there. And in testing week recently, all of our senior members, they like to play around with some calisthenics, see if they can do some stuff they've never done before. And guess what? Perfect straddle back lever. And yeah. she's holding that for about 20 seconds like that. So that's an example of expressing yourself versus the way that you train, you know? Yeah. So if we bring it back to, because we have been talking about the pull-up masterclass, um, which is uh, still on sale for another 24 hours for any of the, those of you that are listening that are um, you know wanting to get better at, at an upper body strength movement um, it's this it's this way of yeah you may be able to do four six eight ten pull-ups but if you can't do it the way that we're just so Stephen doing it then you're gonna get value of learning how to break the movement down into it properly yeah yeah and it's something that you know like not it just goes so far above and beyond just showing off and looking good. It's self-preservation, man. You want to be planning to train for the rest of your life. It's not a. It's not a sprint. It's a. It's a marathon. You know. I saw a post by Lane Norton. I, I, I follow Lane Norton. I think he's a. He's a, an exceptionally smart um, uh, fitness professional. Uh, anyone who doesn't follow him, I highly recommend you should. And uh, he did a post saying, you know, there is no. Uh, essentially along the lines of there's no shortcuts if you want a if you want to build a natural physique then prepare to train for 10 years yeah and then get stuck into your training for 10 years and you'll be shocked at how much you transform your body but if you don't prepare to sort of be on a journey for a while there's just there's just no shortcut he sort of goes along saying hacks 
anyone who's trying to sell you hacks or fast routes or this or that, they're charlatans. They're, yeah. they're, uh, they're sh bullshitting you. Now, that's not to say that you can't achieve results in less than 10 years. Yeah. But for the people that you see and aspire to, yeah. you know, that are online yeah. posting cool videos. I, I loved Daniel Vadnell, uh, a discussion I had with Daniel Vadnell, who's Fitness FAQs. If you haven't checked him out on YouTube, check him out. He's amazing. Probably one of Australia's best calisthenics. Uh, between him and Simon Ata, they're probably the two best at calisthenics in the country. And they're both well-educated guys. And, and you know, um, I, I had a, we had a great conversation because they were both meant to come up and do a, a series of workshops at Unity Gym and, uh, until COVID stuffed it all up. And, um, you know, Daniel has unlocked some amazing calisthenics skills lately, but he's so blatantly blunt about his pathway of how to get there. And the best thing is it's all documented. It's all documented. But he, when he shows himself showing off or testing a movement and failing over and over and over again, he said, I, the way I trained was just very basic. A lot of chin-ups, a lot of push-ups, a lot of weights in the gym, you know, like just the basic stuff that you see people doing. And then... Um, teaching his body how to, you know, tran transfer that strength into a practical applica uh, application. Doesn't, it, it's no different to playing um, beach volleyball on the weekend, um, rock climbing, uh, playing football. I used to use boxing as my uh, way to, um, you know, uh, demonstrate my skill and, and strength and speed, you know. Mm. And it was, you know, yeah, it was, it was funny because I used to have, I, I, when I was boxing, and I took my strength training quite seriously for the for the majority of the last 10 years that I was boxing. I could only spar against people in the weight division above me that were 10 kilos heavier than me because no one in my weight division except the Australian national champion wanted to spar me because of how hard I could punch, you know. And that was because I could, ex I could you know, um, demonstrate the strength I'd developed in the gym, in, in the boxing ring, you know. And it used to suck because I w would go to sparring nights at... at um, Mundine's gym in Redfern and just get my head punched in by guys much bigger than me because no one else would, I wouldn't get sparring otherwise you know mm. so anyway we urge you guys to learn how to do things properly yeah. and then it's a great idea and I think Phil's bang on the money here take something up that allows you to demonstrate your strength if you don't want to do a weekend sport do calisthenics you know, learn some, learn to do some calisthenics. It's a great way to, yeah. or like do maybe a weekly CrossFit class or something like, you yeah. know, find it. Like if you love CrossFit, like Diana Norbury is coming here saying she loves the CrossFit, like, you know, use those kind of competitive things as like a, a fun expression of your, your thing, but not, yeah, your training. Yeah. So <laughs> Diane, Diane said a really good comment here. She's saying, I love my CrossFit, but I fully acknowledge what you are saying about the risk of the competitive aspect. I'm glad to say that I am now much wiser after injuring my shoulder due to overuse on an under-strengthened joint. Shoulder injuries for me are the most common injuries I've seen in, in ex-crossfitters. We get a lot of them come here with shoulder injuries and that's the reason why they came because they couldn't do their CrossFit classes anymore. Their shoulders got so bad. And Diane's saying, as an older participant in my 60s, I've looked for the info to extend my longevity and I'm so glad to have found the UMS, hoping to get at least a pull-up by the end of the year. Diane. Do the pull-up masterclass. I guarantee yeah. you. I guarantee you that what's the best program that I've seen for teaching somebody how to do a pull-up that can't do pull-ups yet or that needs to make their technique better and get proper chest-to-bar pull-ups. And if there was something better out there, then I'd change it and yeah. 
or do something different. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's the best thing and it's, done it's, here, a, it's a really great place to be, Diane. Um, I have, I, I freaking love watching CrossFit and um, far more than I get inspired Ra- by Brad it. and Richard. Yeah, I, 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 get in, so I get inspired impressed. by it and very impressed. So impressed. Very impressed um, by, by that, by the elite. I mean, I only get to see the elite level athletes. I don't hang out at CrossFit boxes and see the, the, uh, the underdogs and the, 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 the people that are just grinding it. But, um, I just want people to understand that you, you demonstrating strength and showing off is very different to training. And if, if everyone hammered about, I mean, if, 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 if a professional rugby league player or even NFL player played matches every single day, none of them would survive past 30. Yeah. You know, like they'd all be dead. They'd all have major concussions and injuries just riddled throughout their bodies. And, and, and you know, you cannot train in the gym it like it like a, it's a competition every yeah. single day no, it's Stephen Pellegrino that Mr. Um, pull up himself is saying at 53 I've learned um, learned crossfit about once a week is optimal yeah, yeah there you go great. it's yeah, like it's, it's like playing your weekend sport you yeah. know you don't play a game every freaking day so don't treat the gym like it you know yeah. it's uh it's super important and it's the same with calisthenics calisthenics when you're testing your strength you can usually only demonstrate those movements for a few seconds. It's a fleeting moment, and mm. that's nowhere near the amount of volume needed to actually develop strength in the movement. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You don't do those movements. You don't you show don't do off every day. Thing, you know. Yeah. 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 We could go on forever. We, <laughs> we could. We could. Uh, we could. Uh, to Erland uh, Kostersen from, from Sweden. Um, yeah, new yeah, on the yeah, stream. Yeah, yeah. There, so Welcome. Yeah. Welcome. Uh, Simon, Welcome Lee, and Greg. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Um, you know, we had a couple of uh, we had a couple of good questions that I tried to find that I didn't answer in the shows that I did at the um, uh, last week when you guys were away. I couldn't find them, but I'm going to throw it out there because we we're talking about what are we going to do this week. Um, let us know what you want us to talk about for a week. Let's yep. um, let's get some suggestions. Don't comment in this thread because it'll get lost. Do a, do a fresh comment. Say, I would love to hear you guys talk about this. Yeah, right. and we'll put up a comment and you guys can, yeah. we'll put up a post, you guys comment on it. And yeah. we'll, I'll do a poll, actually. I'll yeah. do that. And yeah. whatever whatever wins, whatever gets the most votes, that's what we'll do a week of discussions on. Yep. What, what do you think? Sounds good. Yeah, let's, Sounds good let's to me. Let's throw it out to the audience. Let's throw it out to the audience. <laughs> Big right, shout guys. out to Barbara um, Galase or Galaki. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce your surname, Barbara. I'm sorry smashing the 18 minute mobility routine and seeing some great results with her back bridge that's awesome love seeing those progress and videos just quickly, uh, yeah dylan hust settler oh geez i can't pronounce that asking a question about uh wrist being sprained and was a bit sad that no one replied to him um yeah generally we try and have weekends as, as weekends but um i was hoping to chat about it today in the um uh physio monday but I'll, we can we can I'll, we can chat about it tomorrow yeah we'll yeah. answer a few questions tomorrow yeah cool Good nice. stuff, guys. Have a great day. Let us know what you want us to talk about this week. And, uh, yeah, we will um, we'll make a, uh, a series out of it. Take care. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.